0: 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining me on the show today is Casey Meals, aka the Lion City Barber, co owner Grease Monkey Barber Garage. Casey, so good to finally have you on the show. Of course, I've visited your barbershop quite a few times. Yeah, just great to speak to you. How are you today?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. once again, yeah,
0: just can't wait to talk all things a barbershop with you. You know, let's take it back a bit. What led you to becoming a barber? You know, is there a certain story that you can share? I remember we briefly touched on this when I was at Grease Monkey a few months ago. But you know, just for our listeners out there. What inspired you?
1: Basically, I was uh, back then, I was still in a uh, band and we used to tour quite a bit. We go on tours. And uh, at one point in the time, we were in Canada, Toronto, and uh, I happened to stumble across this barber shop and uh, I got a haircut there and uh, ended up becoming really good friends with the owner. And that sort of got me into not really barbering, so to say, but uh, in keeping my hair a certain way, you know, like slicking it back, a bit more of the whole classic pompadour look back in the day. This is about like 10 years ago. And uh, I kept doing that. And my friend, one of my buddies, he was uh, tattooing in Brisbane. Mm. He was planning to come back to Singapore and uh, open a a tattoo parlor. But it was going to be a barber shop as well. And he sort of knew that I was into this whole barber thing that was going on. And he was like, hey, you want to try and uh, become a barber? And I was like, yeah, that's what happened. That's basically how I ended up starting to be a barber.
0: Yeah, what a story. I mean, that never gets old. You know, in terms of the, the training process to become a barber, talk me through this whole sort of ritual. What does it involve?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of different styles of training around the world. In the States, it is a, it's a very, very uh, professional, professionally done way of educating a guy to learn how to mm. barber because they have to go to beauty school. You must have a barber license in the States it's so important to have a barber license in the state that if you don't and you open up a shop the state board can shut your shop down Mm. so it's it's, and, and they take it really seriously because you know there's a lot to do with uh hygiene standards and sanitation involved they treat barbering almost like a medical practice because of how close contact you are with your clients so in the states you need to go to a beauty school you need to get a sanitation license and a barber license and of course. When you go and work for a guy, you have to have these, you know, displayed when you are cutting hair. But in Singapore, it's a whole different story because the only schools we have for barbering, it's going to a hairdressing school, like something like Kimmage or Tony and Guy. Mm. You don't really have something that is uh, streamlined just for barbering. So what a lot of guys do here is we do what we call apprenticeships. And that's basically, you know, working in a shop and learning how to cut hair from nothing literally like a tattoo apprentice you know you come in you shadow the barber you ask us questions uh we teach you how to uh cut like a man a, what we call a dolly head it's a fake head with mm-hmm. hair and you know we, we teach you and you work with a dolly head until you're a little bit more confident and then we get you to bring your own clients so you you find your own like friends and family to you know be your guinea pig and practice and eventually you keep doing that until uh, we feel you're ready and you can start charging. So it's a more traditional way of doing things. You know, we don't have like an entire class or, or anything like that. But I feel it's quite a, it's a method that has gone down through the ages, right? People and apprenticeships, whether you're a chef or whether you're a tattooer, you know, it, it's quite similar. So yeah,
0: man. And Casey, if you had to do it all over again, right, would you have gone to a beauty school if it was available to you at the time?
1: If it was available at the time, most definitely, because I think in Singapore, um, the culture here is a lot about the papers you have, right? And now there's so many shops and premium shops. I think if you were a barber that's starting out or trying to find your first home to work at, Mm. uh, that would probably be something of importance to the employer. So yeah, man.
0: Yeah, but of course you wouldn't be where you are now with that, you know, you went through that traditional sort of training. Yeah, yeah.
1: Of course. So I mean like if you're looking back, I'm quite grateful that I got the mm. opportunity to learn under like great barbers because we had some barbers come in from uh, abroad, you know, to yeah. show us uh show us the ropes so to say, but
0: I guess uh, it's a more uh, personal experience as well, right? You learn directly ex- from them.
1: Exactly. Mm. and and, it, and it's very thorough. It's yeah. super thorough, you know, it's and you're learning from like a, a dude has been doing it for like 17 years he's not like an educator he's mm. still a barber you know he's literally showing you what he does on a daily I would completely do it again if you ask me <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it certainly seems a lot more informative as well Casey you've been in the business for quite some time now you know do you remember your first day as a professional barber I mean, what can you recall from that day
1: Oh man, I think I was just trying not to, I think I was pretty nervous because it was my first day and obviously we, at, back then, where my barber shop was located, it was at Bali Lane. So we get a lot of locals as well as expats, a whole bunch of expats. And a lot of these guys are, you know, your CBD guys, you know, your white-collar workers and I think <laughs> it was a bit nerve-wracking because a lot of them had really good heads of hair and I really didn't want to like mess it up. I was definitely very, very nervous, but all in all, I managed to pull through, you know. I always like told myself, don't take off too much because, you know, you can't put it back on. So that's always sort of been my, my thing, yeah.
0: And you've certainly come a long way since then. We're in conversation with Casey Meals, aka The Lion City Barber, co-owner, Grease Monkey Barber Garvage. Casey, you've cut a lot of hair. I mean, a lot of yeah. hair. I mean, it is your job at the end of the day. But are there certain individuals who stand out, you know, looking back on your career?
1: Um, of course, I have mm. tons and tons of stories, uh, uh good and bad ones. Mm. But I mean, I've had a lot of you know one thing about me when I cut hair because you know you work with very similar hair types, especially working in Asia. You work with a lot of straight coarse hair. Yeah. You never really get to experience uh, like you know curlier hair or Afro hair like yourself, for <laughs> example, you know. So whenever we do, how I actually learn how to cut curlier or Afro type hair was because. I actually messed up a US Marine's hair many, Mm. many years ago. And this is the first time I have ever laid my hands on Afro hair. And I thought it was similar to, you know, what we were already working with, but it was completely different. The way you approach the haircut, the techniques, like everything was different. You had to relearn how to cut hair all over again. And it was my first time and I completely messed it up. Like 100% he was pissed. He was like a... He was a really big U.S. Marine. He was covered in ink and I think he was doing like a tour here or something and he was not happy. But because of that, that individual, you know, I didn't give him a good haircut. He forced me to, you know, push the boundaries of what I know about cutting hair and learn about cutting afro hair. So up till now, Grease Monkey, we have a couple of individuals here who are actually really good and specialised in cutting afros, which includes myself. So... That's probably a, a really interesting individual that I can say stood out. Because <laughs> he was not happy.
0: <laughs> and you know, that experience, of course, you were taken out of your comfort zone, but you've come out a much stronger and certainly more skilled since then as well. Casey, the barbering scene has evolved dramatically, you know, in the last few years. For someone who was there when it all began, how much has it changed? What's different?
1: Oh, it is huge. I, I think that... It has given people uh, the opportunity to be creative by doing a job that may seem to be an average job. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> no, it's like The whole industry, including the equipment, the, the, the companies that make clippers, the company that makes uh, scissors and hair dryers. I mean, back in the day, you know, you didn't have any uh, cordless clippers. Clippers were all corded. So, you know, you had like barbershops and there was wires all over the place. Now, every single barbershop is all, like in 10 years, we've gone from cords all over the place to everyone cutting the cord. Everything is wireless. So, all our clippers are wireless now. There's even talks of hair dryers being wireless. You know, back in the day, you had your typical huge hair dryer and now you have a Dyson. Technology has really took getting your hair cut to the next level. You have companies that even specialize booking softwares online, just tailored to barbershops, which is pretty cool because I think that almost every aspect of the business, there's someone specialized in it to help the industry grow. So I think it's really grown a long, long, long way from what it was when I first started. And I think it's only going to get better because I think guys now are more comfortable going to a barbershop than a salon. And that, that has not always been the culture in Singapore because that barbershops only started popping up 10 years ago, right? Prior to that, everyone was going to a salon. So you would try to explain to the lady more, most of the time it's a lady, you explain to her what you want and they won't be able to, you know, give you a tight fade or a very crispy lineup because they weren't trained to do that. It's not that they can't, they just weren't trained to do that. In 10 years, you have barbershops in every corner of this country, which it's really, really nice to see.
0: Yeah, of course. And all these tools have certainly helped you and made your life a lot easier as well. But, you know, just before we talk about Grease Monkey, in the last few years or so uh, before you were at Grease Monkey, what are some of the other concepts that you've been to, uh, you know, let's say as a customer? And uh, what have you experienced at these different uh, barbershops?
1: You have different vibes in every shop, right, that you go to. Some of them are a little bit more... uh You know, high-end, so to say And they charge quite a bit for a haircut Mm. But that also comes with a lot of extras Like I spoke to you before You know, you get a glass Like a cocktail or a drink with your haircut Uh, You know, you may get even a massage Or a coffee, so to say there's a lot of vibes. Like I've been to one in uh, like the barber shop that I went in Toronto. That shop was super similar to mine. Mm. Uh, you know, it revolves around us being super grungy, so to say, and skateboarding because I always tell people uh, the story of how I became a barber. But it became a barber because I was doing music and I only got into music because of skateboarding. So I would, like the whole vibe of Grease Monkey is similar to that of, uh, you know, a punk skateboard uh, grungy shop. But the thing is, we still offer quality service and that's always been you know the benchmark of what a good barber shop should be offering you have to no matter what the shop looks like the outcome needs to be good the product needs to be good so i mean i've experienced like not that many so to say because you know back in the day i i always went to one guy mm-hmm. and it was just that one guy and that was like a old school barber you know he was an old man like in a corner and a hole in the wall kind of shop And back then, I didn't really, like, care about my hair till I went to Canada. So when I went to Canada, I started to cut my own hair when I came (laughs) back to try to achieve what they were doing yeah and this is before i even thought about becoming a barber it was just i was just trying to like figure out like how i could keep this look but in singapore i mean i've been to uh, uh I, I i've seen Jermaine street uh then then there's another shop what well, really close friend of mine uh, uh a shop called the panic room and mm-hmm. they're out in Geylang, and they have another shop in ishun and these guys they have a super cool vibe you know so our shops like super skateboard tattoos and a lot of imagery on the walls and if you go to their shop it is similar there's a whole bunch of imagery but they have a record store next to it oh wow and, you know they yeah they have a record store that is built in with the barbershop, shop and they have like uh arcade machines and uh they sell a lot of product like hair product and uh shaving stuff so it's a really really cool shop and i really do recommend everyone to check the panic room out you know if you're in the area in geelong go and give them a, a shout out really really cool cool guys over there
0: Yeah, when it comes to cutting hair, Casey, you mentioned you used to go to the same person for a lot of years. It's all about trust, you know, once you build that trust and you know that someone can cut your hair in that certain way, then there's no looking back as well, which takes me to my next question. And that would be for someone who's never been to Grease Monkey. How would you describe the concept and also what makes you guys different compared to all the other barbershops in Singapore?
1: I, I think the whole concept of Grease Monkey is that we wanted to, you know, start a place where anyone could come in through the door, whether you were working in a bank or whether, you know, you were working anywhere else or even kids, you know, mm. we just wanted a place where it was more community-based and, you know, we, had, we, we could build a relationship with our clients. Like, pre-COVID, you know, we, we used to have, like, small parties every now and then and guys would come out here and we'd hang out and we'll barbecue, like, on the weekends and play good music and just you know that was more or less the concept that i had in mind before opening the shop um with all the things you see on the walls at greece and how it looks right now i think that just came through the years you know it, it sort of builds it, and it's still building itself like every time you know someone comes in there's something new in the shop to look at and mm. it's just it's just a more grunge street but vibey shop i would say <laughs> that's how i'd describe it <laughs>
0: Yeah, every time I come into the shop, there's always something new uh, to look at. You're certainly right about that. We have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the COVID-19 pandemic. The circuit breaker was a brutal time for a lot of industries here in Singapore and around the world. Fast forward to 2021 with all the heightened alerts that we've all experienced. How do you prepare for something like a snap lockdown? Because you don't have much time to really prepare yourselves. What's the way forward?
1: So what I, I, I learned in order to stay afloat during these, these uh, hard times, it's that if a snap lockdown happens and we have to you know quit and stop operations, uh, one thing that helped a lot was you know uh, doing promos and package promos for haircuts so you know you they pay for for entire package up front but they get x amount of haircuts throughout a year like Mm. an annual package or or like a subscription yeah exactly Mm. and and you know there there there's perks and incentives that you could give them and for us because of how how much history the shop has had over the past six years merchandising helps a lot like dropping merch to buy t-shirts whatever it is you can drop as a brand actually helps a lot. So I think those two things are very important that barbershops should take into consideration during this crazy pandemic.
0: <laughs> Just a quick one, Casey. I definitely have to throw this one in as well. What's the best bit of advice you can give to aspiring barbers out there who want to enter the industry?
1: Don't be disheartened, even though when you first start out and you, you, you make a mess of you know people's hair, because every barber has made a mess of someone's hair. But when you make a mess, you know, you know, you you learn from your mistakes and you just don't do that on the next haircut. So don't be disheartened and just keep cutting hair.
0: Yeah, everyone makes mistakes. It's how you bounce back that really matters. We've been in conversation with Casey Meals, a.k.a. the Lion City Baba, co-owner, Grease Monkey Baba Garage. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And uh, I wish you you know the best of luck for the rest of the year. And I uh, can't wait to be back because uh, I think I need a haircut soon. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
1: bro. Thanks so much for having me again, man. Appreciate
0: it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.